try try clicking on it then. Psalm 100 says, Shout with the joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. It's on this first Sunday we look to celebrate and breaking of bread and drinking together in communion. Brother Jeff Richards is blessing us in music and playing, and so this in your own way. In your house, in your residence, you can worship him in your car, wherever you may be listening. We invite you just to lift up your voice and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. As we're playing right now the song, I love you, I love you, Lord, today, because you care for me in such a special way. And so maybe just meditate on him. You may sing, you may hum, you may just close your eyes and just meditate on the great love of God. But go ahead in your own way. Join us as we just want to worship him with this first song. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me in such a special way. And yes, I praise you. I lift you up. And I magnify, I magnify your name. That's why, that's why my heart is filled. Let us sing that verse again. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me. In such a special way. And yes, I will pray. I lift you up, and I will magnify. That's why, that's why my heart is filled with praise. Second verse says, my heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. My heart, my mind. My soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me. You paid the price for me. Way back on Calvary. And yes, I praise you. I lift you up. And I magnify. 
Thank you, God, for allowing us right where we are to bless you. Thank you, God, for waking us up this morning and starting us, Lord, on our way. Father, you've been good to us in the midst of so much tragedy, so much hurt, so much pain. Father, we're praying for those, Lord, who are going through procedures and surgeries, Almighty God. We're praying for those, Lord, who are going through therapy and recovery right now. In the name of Jesus, we ask for your healing touch right now, Almighty God. We thank you, Lord. You see them. You know who are in need. And so, Father, we just say thank you, God. That you are such a caring God, a loving God, a wonderful God, Almighty God. So move in this moment, in this spirit, in this space, in our hearts right now. Have thine own way, Almighty God. And Lord, on this first Sunday, we prepare to break of this bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you to search our hearts as we want to humbly come before you and worship you here in this place. In remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and Lord, we faithfully do this. Until it's coming again. Amen. As we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup, the Bible reminds us that on the night of Jesus' betrayal, uh, he took up the bread and he broke it and said, This is my body, which will be given unto you. And so Jesus took up the bread. And he broke it and he blessed it with the people. Likewise, after he took up the cup, it says, this represents my blood. Was he poured out for the remissions of sins. And he blessed it and he gave and they drank together. So as we prepare uh, to break bread together, Brother Jeff begins going to lead us in another song. Where the chorus will sing from no greater love. The words go, and this vamp will do, is that Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. The second one says they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head before he, he died. That's love. And the third part will say that that's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. So as we worship him, you can get your elements and meditate as we prepare to break bread together. Hung him high, they stretched. 
Promise knowing he's coming back again. That's not how the story is. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. That's love. Go ahead and prepare yourself. took of the bread, broke the bread, and blessed it, and said, eat. This represents my body. Let us eat together. Likewise, Jesus took of the cup and blessed it, said, this represents my blood. He poured out for the remission of sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. Scripture record that the disciples gathered everything after the meal and their exit singing hymns. And so we're going to continue on and sing this vamp again, a time of worship, as we lead into the morning message. Brother Jeff, you lead us back in, please.
Father, we just thank you for the opportunity of fellowship and communion with you. We thank you, Lord, for showing no greater love than man for his lay his life down for a friend. We thank you, Lord, that we have victory because we, Jesus has victory over death. That he defeated the grave by rising again on the third day. Is now seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and glory and dominion forever. And so, Father, as we continue on to worship you through the preaching of your word, continue to search our hearts and draw us closer into your presence, draw us closer into you, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be accepted, Lord, in thy sight. May you guide us deeper, almighty Father, Lord, as we want to have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. Bless us, O oh Lord, that we might see Jesus in this moment of preaching and teaching. And may our hearts forever be tethered to you. We pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jeff, for leading us in this time of worship and meditation. I thank for all of you for joining us this morning as we are celebrating on this first Sunday. Uh, breaking the bread and coming together. Uh, thank you for our altar guild ministry, for the faithfulness to help and assemble everyone to pick up and to gather. Our lesson today is going to come from Luke uh, 15th chapter. Uh, looking at verses 1 through 7, uh, this 15th chapter of Luke is affectionately called the lost chapter, as it has three stories of dealing with Christ coming for those who are lost. And we're going to look at the first story of the 99 sheep and one that got away. And so I want to talk about this morning how to have love for the one and the 99. As we're talking in this series about running on empty, fill up with love. I want to highlight again how love unites and brings people together. And so may we be able to truly understand how we ought to give, get to, to be with one another and stay with one another through love. And so as we look at our text today, let us think about how Christ came for the one, but also he came for the 99. This text we often talk about, we look and celebrate, right, how Christ came for the one. And but yet also, let us not forget the subject matter of this teaching is for the Pharisees and the teachers who represent the 99. And so think about how we live in our United States of America. Election Day is coming on Tuesday and we elect people to represent us and to have our views and our point of views and, and rule for the benefit of the people. And so in 2019, it was record breaking what happened in the election of Congress and the Senate. And what I want to point out is that. The Pew Research shows this in, in an article from February 8, 2019, on the 116th record of uh, on the 116th Congress, a record of elected women and diverse ethnicities. More than one in five voting members, 22% of the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate are racial or ethnic minorities, making the 116th Congress the most racially and ethnically diverse in history. And the article continues to say that overall. 116 lawmakers today are non-white, including blacks, Hispanics, Asians, and Pacific Islanders, and Native Americans. 
According to the Pew Research Center analysis of data from the Congressional Research Service, this represents an 84% increase over the 107th Congress of 2001-2003, which had 63 minority members. Although recent Congress have continued to set new highs for racial and ethnic diversities, they have still been disproportionately white when compared with the overall U.S. population. Non-whites make up 39% of the nation's population, according to the U.S. Census Bureau population estimates. For this analysis, Hispanics are included in the Census Bureau estimates for the share of each racial minority group in the overall population. In the House of Representatives, however, some racial and ethnic groups are now on par with their share of the total population. For example, 12% of House members are black about equal to the share of Americans who are black. And Native Americans now make up 1% of the House equal to their 1% of the population. And so think about how we are moving to a point that where our representatives in the United States House of Congress and Senate are almost mirroring uh, the population percentages in our community. And the sense point, right, those who are making the decisions are now in the room that also represent the people and the population of the constituents. And you might be familiar with the saying, I want to be in the room where it happens from the great play of Hamilton, right? And that they want to be, in order to be in the room, right, you have to have access. And once you have access, then you are able to have your voice to be heard in those making the decisions, your voice is not heard if you're not in this room or represented in this room. And so we are getting closer to a proportionate representation in the room where the laws and policies are being made that impact the people. But what I want to highlight is that when you have the majority, those in power, those who are influenced, and if they don't care for the minority, right, if you have the 99 not concerned about the one, are they really looking out for everyone? And that's what we want to talk about today. Jesus is now in sitting down and teaching continually. We see Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says this. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the law, religious law, complain that he was associated with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. And so I want to highlight here that the audience is being described for this purpose. One, to point out that the story, this parable, really was not for the tax collectors and the sinners, but for the Pharisees and the teachers who have a problem with Jesus being with the tax collectors and the notorious sinners. And so I want to highlight to us that oftentimes we talk about this text and we talk about the lost sheep, right? But yet here's the play on words, right? Because sheep could be singular or plural. So who's the one lost? It looks to us that it's not the one that's really in trouble here, but the 99. You see, the tax collectors and the notorious sinners are the ones that Jesus is reaching. But the ones who are not being reached, the ones who are lost, are the Pharisees and the teachers, Jesus was attracting large audience and some attendance and the who's who's among them, the Pharisees and the teachers who have the, who have the influence, who have the power, who have the authority, were feeling threatened that one that is not in their ranks 
is calling people to him, and he's teaching with power and authority, and he's improving people's lives, but yet the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are not happy because they don't like the people he's hanging with. And here's a beautiful thing here about this, that they're judging who Jesus is spending time with, but Jesus is not judging who he's spending time with. Here's the situation. John 3.16, we know so well the verse that's quoted and, and, and repeated throughout the world, right? For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believers shall not perish but have everlasting life. But verse 17 says that, for he did not come to condemn the world or to judge the world, but that the world might be saved. So we see this evident here that he's not judging those who come into him, but he's, he's coming, let them come because he desires for them to be saved. How can you help people who need help if you are already condemning them and letting them know that you are no good and I'm not going to work with you? But I'm so glad that Jesus desires to save all and love all and care for all. Jesus desires to, to save is what leads him to count all the sheep. And he sees that there are need to be loved and served. All the sheep deserve the same rights and the same treatment. Jesus already told us what equity is, is looks like and how it should be distributed. 